0: how does Gus do this? What does he do? It's like this. No, I need a better. That was pretty good. (laughs) All right. Hold on. Theme song. (music) This is the motion pixels podcast. I'm your host, not August Meyer who is not here today, but instead, I am Matthew Rawlings, and I'm going to just take the title of host today instead of co-host, since I'm here on my own, flying solo, uh, but not really, because with me, I have the bad boy of comedy, Camper Dane, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Uncle Dane, <laughs> here yeah. today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, solo, solo host Matt.
0: Solo host Matt. Yeah, it's a new era. Um, I'm really just trying to branch out and see. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm trying an experiment like cutting the dead weight um, mm-hmm. is kind of what I have down in my notebook. Like, <laughs>
1: It's time to <laughs> rebrand.
0: To, yeah, just to kind of see how it is. Um, but yeah, uh, this week, Dane, I, I was inspired by something you had said uh, a couple episodes ago. You were talking about a theme that you'd like to come back to sometime that was
1: nostalgia oh, and just the subject of nostalgia.
0: Yeah. Nostalgia in games, movies, things like that. And how it like, I kind of saw it as how it might color how people see, but just like weird things you find yourself nostalgic about um, and maybe wanting to revisit or maybe like you have revisited and have now seen that it's not the way you remembered. <laughs> sure, um, sure, yeah.
1: I, I so, mean, I can think of a few examples off the top of my head. Do you have anything? I mean, you—you you, uh, obviously uh, might have done a little bit more thinking on it ever since I brought it up the first time. Do you have anything like no, that?
0: I I would be curious to hear what you have to say first. Okay, so let's yeah, just yeah. start with you.
1: Um. Okay. So two. There are two video games. The first one I'll briefly mention because I only started thinking about it recently because. Uh, I'm working on this video, and when I usually make videos, I go through and I try and find video game soundtracks to put in the background, because generally video game soundtracks are, are safe to use on YouTube for music in place of like free rights music, uh, because it's impossible to copyright strike video game music when playing video games is not uh, copyright strikeable on YouTube. Uh, anyway... I was looking up like games that I've played, games that I enjoyed, and I remember this game that I used to play for the PC called Earthworm Jim, and it was for the PC. Apparently, it was for the NES as well, but the NES version is kind of like the first version, and then the PC version that it kind of like upgraded everything, uh, including the music. And so, like, I have this very vivid memory of the music in that game being awesome for the time because it was like Windows. It was for like a Windows ninety five CD or something. It's ridiculous. It was called it was, like, a compilation disc of all these games called, like, Windows 95 Games or something like that, and the <laughs> Star game that was on it, it had a bunch of, like, shitty games on it, but the Star game was Earthworm Jim, and I played the crap out of that game growing up, and I loved the music on it because, uh like, when it came to video game music back then, it was, like, they always would have to put it on a cartridge so that it was usually, like, 8-bit music or, like, chiptune music. So mm-hmm. the the music for the... um. Earthworm Jim soundtrack for the NES as far as I know I went back and I listened to it and it's I was like this sounds way worse than I remember and I found out that when they made it for the CD they upgraded all of the sprites they upgraded everything because they could fit it on a bigger thing they also uh, apparently recorded all of the music like in studio or they made it in, in you know like a, a normal music making program and then they had to downgrade it into like chiptune version or a midi version for the any uh, for the SNES uh, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System the SNES uh <laughs> SNES uh and then uh so I got kind of the premium version of that music growing up and I remember it as being like it really stood out to me because every other video game music I would heard up until then was like kind of crappier version anyway that music was awesome and I was looking up the music today and um I found out that you can get it on the Switch Earthworm Jim you can just play it on the Switch. I was like, oh yeah.
0: Uh, I I was gonna ask because they uh, they made the remake um, in the PS three three sixty Wii era. So
1: oh really? Uh, they made they remade it.
0: Yeah, they did like an HD remake, and it was huge news because like I I I don't know if I actually played that game, but for some reason as a kid, I thought Earthworm Jim was the coolest fucking thing. <laughs>
1: there, like, there was a TV the... show, wasn't there? I never watched the TV show. Oh, Yeah, yeah. There was a television show. Yeah. I don't remember what network is, it was on, but, um, that was another big part of it. Um, but I was just mostly into playing the game cause I, I could play it on my l- mom's laptop. And, uh, yeah, I went back and I played it for, it was basically just a port to the Nintendo switch. And I played the first level and I was just like, this game sucks, dude. <laughs> like, this is not, this is, this is not what I remember, man. Like and that was kind of the reason why I was bringing up nostalgia in the first place, is because I know that a lot of people they go and and they have these very vivid memories of things being being the way that they remember them, but they never actually go back and like experience them objectively. They never go back and say like, I want to look at this through through my eyes now instead of how I remember it. But I don't really do that. I I I. I always experience something like I'm experiencing it for the first time, no matter how nostalgic I am about it. And it's kind of like ruins things for me. In fact, I've kind of avoided a lot of certain things that I don't really want ruined on purpose because I know that I'm this way now. A great, another, the other game that I wanted to talk about that I've had this experience with was Morrowind because I fucking loved that game growing up. Like when I was in high school, like um, freshman year, like 2014, um I played that game like all summer one day or one, one summer I played it. I, that was the only game I played every single day, like eight hours a day. Woke up. That was my job. (laughs) I woke up, played Morrowind and I loved that game so much. And it like got me into the elder Scrolls like series and stuff, which is like one of my favorite games still to this day, like Skyrim and all that. Um, But I recently, recently being like a year or two ago, went back and, and reinstalled it. I got it on steam and I, and I, I booted up. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome. This is like, this is gonna be nostalgic as hell, and it's gonna be a lot of fun, dude." Morrowind does not hold up. I'll say, it. <laughs> Morrowind is terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible RPG, uh, especially compared to like the things that came after it, like Oblivion and and uh, Skyrim. Like it, it, like I can't, I can't imagine how I ever stomached that game when I was growing up. It was, it was, it's so frustrating. Like everything about it uh one that every swing you do is a dice roll entirely dependent entirely dependent on your on your stats and so like the very beginning of the game when you're when you're just a noob like you can swing your sword at this little freaking creature on the ground like 80 times and it won't connect because like your sword skill isn't high enough and it's so ridiculous like It's just, like, it's too much RPG, you know what I mean? Like, they they went too hard in the direction of RPG with that game, and uh, I don't, I I literally, it's so strange because, I mean, what, that that was only, like, 15 years ago that I played the game for the first time, and I don't remember sword swings, like, being a dice roll. I just don't remember that because I was just so enamored with, The world of Morrowind. I mean, it was uh, such a breakthrough game at the time that I was probably just like, I don't know, blinded by everything else. But now coming back in and, and now that I have all this knowledge of all the improvements that they've done to the, to that open world RPG system, it's like, you can't go back and play Morrowind anymore. It's just like, it sucks. (laughs) It's it's so bad. I mean, like, I, I love the music and the story, but The gameplay is just they—they've improved on it so much that it's almost impossible for me to go back and play a lot of these older games. Um, And I don't know if that's good or bad, but it—it definitely feels—it definitely feels like uh, I don't see a whole lot of people experiencing that because people go back and they play games like I don't know Fallout New Vegas or whatever, which I haven't gone back and played recently. But I know that I'd probably have a very similar experience based on like you know playing the crap out of Fallout four and Fallout uh uh, 76 and all that
0: yeah so new vegas actually kind of holds up i guess it depends on how you're going in i've always Mm -hmm. thought that like fallout 3 and uh even new vegas even though they approved it a bit just had bad gunplay like you know that uh you know that going in at, le- at least, well, I, I don't. Well, that. I don't
1: even know that because uh, all my oh. memories from playing New Vegas are from when it was the only Fallout game to play. I st- mm. I stopped playing New. I haven't gone back and replayed New Vegas since Fallout Four came out. You know.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because I so I had I played three when three came out. I was uh, a sophomore year of high school. Uh, I rented it over winter break and I just played it nonstop and it was just amazing game. Super great. Uh, mm-hmm. I never played New Vegas. I had friends that kind of played it, but I just never picked it up for whatever reason. Um, so, so then, you know, time went on. I played 4, uh, and 4 had, you know, a lot of improvements. Uh, combat's better. The game flows a bit better. I mean, the RPG side suffered a little bit, but yeah, for sure. that's it. That- yeah that's a different part but so anyways uh years later i finally picked up new vegas because i had this big gap i had a month of my life where nothing was going on because it was Mm -hmm. the end of my uh study abroad session in germany and all my friends left so that i was in a country where i knew nobody and didn't Uh. really speak the language well so i was like i guess i can play an rpg (laughs) yeah yeah i picked up new vegas and it's pretty it's pretty good uh What's interesting about three that you may not remember go- looking back is you can't aim down the sights, which oh, really? blows my mind yeah three you there' was no <laughs> there's no a d s like it's all wow. just kind of pointing and shooting and and that's kind of why it was bad. New Vegas uh, actually had a system like that i if not, maybe it might have been some of the guns, but I know for a good amount of the guns you can actually like use a use a sight um which makes it hold up better it's just. Not quite as polished as four, yeah. Um, but yeah, New Vegas is still great, man. I if you have time in the future, uh, yeah, I
1: might check it out. But like I said, I I I I typically, at least lately, have been intentionally avoiding old things that I'm uh, nostalgic about because I I've been uh, in I've been known in the past to to kind of ruin things that way. Although I will say, uh, Pokemon Heart Gold. Slash Soul Silver still holds up. I go back and play that game every once in a while because I still yeah. have one of those cartridges, and I do a little, I do a little run through the the first few gyms. It's still a pretty great Pokemon game, in my opinion. I think it's. Do you great. do a
0: run IRL with the poke Walker?
1: <laughs> I don't think that I. I think I still have my Pokewalker, Walker, but I'm pretty sure the battery died on that. I have to get like a new specific little, you know, those little round batteries, the little watch batteries i think it takes those
0: i bet i still have mine somewhere um but i agree with you heart gold soul silver Mm -hmm. best pokemon game ever
1: like yes finally someone agrees with me yeah no gold and
0: silver were are the best like i i I, heart gold and soul silver are just better versions of gold and silver which before that was the best pokemon game Mm -hmm. like that is before like you know Red and blue, it was, like, this weird, like, success that came out of nowhere, and there was nowhere to go but up, because the game, you know, it was built by, what, like, three people in, like, a year? Like, it, they they, they did what they could, but there was, like, a lot of areas to flesh out still. And so, you yeah. know, you go from red to blue, from red and blue to gold and silver, and it's like, okay, so now you have um, breeding, now you yep. have, like, more diverse items, you have more Pokemon. You have eight gems. Still, just kidding. You have all. You have sixteen. <laughs> sixteen gems. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can go back to the old world and just see everything again. Um, it has the best final boss battle of any game. Oh because man! Because you, yeah, you face yourself from the previous <laughs> game. So like, surreal. It's it's like that. That is like the best sequel. Like it's literally mm-hmm. it just improves on everything across the board.
1: Definitely. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And Heart Gold Soul Silver, it's like the god the, that that art, like that was like it was the height of like the pixel art for Pokemon games,
1: yes, yeah. I and- love the way that that game looks. It, it, it's like uh, once they I feel like when they started getting more into like 3D and stuff like that, I mean, like it doesn't maybe I'm just this is where the nostalgia comes in. It's like I have always imagined Pokemon being pixel art stuff and they still retain a little bit of like that old style in in modern pokemon games like when using like icons and things like that but yeah i mean as the game as as video games evolve especially the pokemon series evolves it's understandable that they would uh, you know rotate out pixel art and stuff like that but the The way that the pixel art was in, in HeartGold's Hill Silver, it was like a great like medium, it, it's like high quality pixel art. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, it looks good. Um, and another thing about HeartGold that I liked was the story was really awesome, um, but uh the characters were very interesting. A lot of the, a lot of the gym leaders and stuff, which are a lot of the like characters that you run into are, are, are some of my favorite gym leaders in all of Pokemon ever. And, uh, the villain, uh, is named silver, but you can name him whatever you want, of course. But the red haired kid, um, he was like one of the last like rivals who was like just straight up an asshole. And I, I always thought that that was like, uh, I, at least early on, I was just like, I like the tradition of the, of the rival being like a genuinely not good person <laughs> just because it makes it so much more satisfying when you beat them in battle. Because I mean, battling mm-hmm. somebody, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's supposed to be like epic and there's supposed to be like stakes on the line. And whenever you're battling your rival, you're supposed to be like, I really want to beat this guy because he's like a dick the entire time. And I just really want to beat this this asshole. <laughs> but whenever you go and play like the, some of the newer games, they make your rival into more of your friend than anything. And beating them just feels bad. Like a good example being the rival from the most recent games, uh, Sword and Shield. I mean, there are a bunch of like little nitpicks that I can have about that game. I generally really like Sword and Shield, but if I could nitpick anything in that game, I would say that the rival is, is like a wimp. He's like, he's so like it's disappointing beating him, you know? Because he's just like, oh, man, I'll get you next time. Or he, or like, genuinely feels depressed when you beat him and you feel bad because uh, the games are so... They're, the games are designed in a way where, like, even a little kid could do it. So normally, as an adult, you're fighting this guy that he's never even able to hit your Pokemon one time and then at the end of the battle, he's, like, sad. I don't know. It feels bad, but, like... I would feel better about those those fights if the person was like an antagonist, you know. And they haven't been an antagonist for a long time. And I feel like uh, Heart, Gold, Sil Silver was the last time that the rival was an actual antagonist. I mean, like he abused his Pokemon. He was a, he shoved people around. He was he was a bully. <laughs> it felt good to beat him.
0: Didn't they do some weird character thing with him at the end where he like realizes he was a dick and mm-hmm. like. Doesn't he just spend the rest of the time in the game uh, training at that, like, dragon lair?
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the last battles that you have with him, he's definitely calmed down a lot more. He's just like, all right, enough fooling around. You've shown me the error of my ways. I've treated my, like, he has a lot of Pokemon that evolve through friendship, and uh, they don't, uh, like, for instance, I think he has a Golbat, and uh, Golbat evolves into um, the next evolution. I forget what it is. Crabat. Crobat, yeah, through friendship and he has a Golbat like pretty much the entire game until one of the last battles where he has a Crobat. And uh I think it's kind of like supposed to imply that he's gotten better as a trainer as a result of you beating him. And it makes you feel like I don't know, story-wise it just makes it makes sense and it makes you feel better and it makes the character have an arc that is interesting. <laughs> and uh I don't know, it's just like one of those little things about the game that you don't really see a whole lot in, in the Pokemon games that preceded it, and especially in modern Pokemon games, because I think that they've just kind of, uh, I don't know, they've they've wimped out on making characters mean in Pokemon, unfortunately. But I think that, the, uh, at least traditionally, when I grew up, there were mean characters in Pokemon, <laughs> and we dealt with it. We beat them in Pokemon battles, and then we felt good about it. <laughs> so, I wish they yeah, would do that like, again.
0: Yeah, like, that that's character development like yeah <laughs> what is there been? since when has there been character development in pokemon like
1: not I don't for a long I, time
0: <laughs> yeah like that that's such like especially that little subtle sprinkle of like oh look he has a friendship based pokemon now like he's mm-hmm. getting better that's that's yeah. such a cool little touch
1: yeah it's great i i love pokemon heart cold it's great it's making me want to play it again i haven't played yeah, it in a, a few years y-
0: you should it's good um <laughs> Something about the art you're saying, too, those make like to appreciate it more. It's like that the art in that game makes me think that, like like what they hit with that is what good pixel art indie games try to hit, yeah, yeah, y- yeah, you know, like so it could still totally come out um
1: mm-hmm.
0: like today. And I think another reason Pokemon's a lot easier to go back to uh, than a lot of these other games where you see their sequels developing on more and more, like you're saying Morrowind. Is like just not enjoyable um, compared to where they've taken a lot of just how the combat flows and like you know like Skyrim or something. Pokemon hasn't developed a whole lot, (laughs) so
1: like yeah, exactly. Like the (laughs) the formula hasn't changed much, so it's very easy to go back and play old Pokemon games because it's like oh, this is very very similar. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's that's so funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I think we kind of approach things in like a similar way. because uh, a lot of the games you brought up were things that I kind of wanted to talk about, like like Morrowind. Like I guess we don't look at it in the same way exactly. What I, the way I think we're similar is that like we can look back on something and see that it doesn't hold up quite as well, like Morrowind. Um, mm-hmm. But like for me, I haven't tried to go back and playing Morrowind because as soon as I was reminded that that's how the attack rolls worked. I was like, that is not going to fly for me. (laughs) I can, (laughs) I cannot go back and play that game. I'll just wait till they, if they ever finish like Skywind or something. Yeah. (laughs) And go try that then. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like there's so many other weird little games that I played as a kid that I'm afraid to like, I don't know. I have no interest in ever going back and I think it's pure not remembering or, or not seeing what it's like today. Because, like, there's this one, like, shovelware game I played as a kid called, like, Blender Bros on the GBA. <laughs> Did you ever hear about that?
1: No, but it sounds funny.
0: Yeah, like, it was just some, like, probably mediocre uh action platformer. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. I got a 73 on Metacritic, and it's just, like, games like that and then um yeah. Sonic Battle. Did you ever play that?
1: Uh-uh. No. It was, like...
0: It was this weird Sonic spinoff game where um, you are in this like isometric 3D arena and you play as a Sonic character and you're fighting <laughs> against a bunch of other Sonic characters, but you like will build your character like an RPG. And I think it, it might have been like card based, but like oh. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it's just like. It's it's probably going back and playing that would probably be going back and playing like Shadow the Hedgehog, <laughs> you, you know, like.
1: I I mean I gotta confess to you I've actually never in my life played it, one single uh Sonic game,
0: you know, and that's probably okay.
1: <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> uh, the the one- I hear they're very popular games, but at the same time I know that there's a lot of like drama and uh, and. People having decided uh, divisive uh, opinions about specific Sonic games. It's like a yeah. rough, a rough, uh, a rough time being a Sonic fan, as far as I can tell.
0: Well, the, it just Sonic. That's a really good example of nostalgia, because I think that like nostalgia is really the only thing keeping Sonic afloat now. Because mm. for the longest, like the first, um, what three games? The games that were platformers. Uh, they're pretty fun. Um, I don't know how well they hold up. I think they do decently since Sonic Mania came out and people were still enjoying it because it's a very unique style of platformer where it's all about speed and kind of getting into this, like, I don't know, almost flow state because you have to do things really fast and in reaction to things. It's not like Mario where it's about like precision jumps and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it stands on its own. But when it came to that transition from 2D to 3D, like Mario 64 really nailed it and figured out what a 3D Mario game should be. And like that game, I think still holds up. Um, I played uh, the, the DS remake of Mario 64 a couple years ago and I still really enjoyed it. Um, but like Sonic Adventure 1 was, the I think, the first 3D Sonic game. And it just, it was like this <laughs> weird hub world like connected to like levels game that was it it, they tried to make it still like it's like a racer almost where like Mm. you're constantly behind (laughs) sonic and it's i don't know it was just a weird transition it didn't go super well like those games were kind of fun like adventure 2 was a pretty good game or at least i remember it being a pretty good game it might not hold up um but there's never like the the mario odyssey or Mm. you know mario 64 of sonic games it, it just yeah. kind of fell flat but those Makes first it. three were good enough where i don't know the fan base was able to grab on and there's a weird <laughs> weird sonic fan base out there like uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it's kind of a meme um, uh, yeah
1: it's definitely like an infamous fan base for sure the sonic fan base yeah from the outside looking in but i know a lot of people who just kind of passively liked the games growing up so
0: oh yeah like i was a i was a sonic fan as a kid uh, yeah, yeah, harder to be nowadays i guess um, yeah
1: Yeah, I just never got around to playing any i don't think i ever had a sega system or anything like that so yeah never really had i got to play the to
0: sonic it. games on like bootleg cds that my friend would give me uh-huh because <laughs> nice. he had this like compilation they made because i guess they ported them to pc um I don't know, but I would I would get them from him and I'd play them and that was pretty cool. It was like a Sonic action pack or something. It was just like all the Genesis games on yeah. one disc. Pretty neat.
1: What about movies? Because uh, I feel like I experience uh, I experience the uh, the lack of nostalgia goggles, or at least like the the uh, I have this weird thing. I might have brought it up before, where it's very difficult for me to enjoy older movies, uh, because they're old and <laughs> that's pretty much as, as far as it goes. Like, and I realized, um, uh, later, I, have I brought that up to you guys before? I feel like I have just when we're talking about movies or it's just like older movies just never really hit, hit it for me as much as, as much as like movies that are made in the last few decades. Yeah. Right? I've,
0: I've heard you make that statement before. Okay. Yeah.
1: And I, I've thought about it a little bit and I realized it's, it, it's entirely dependent on, uh, the the things about movies that i enjoy and i will say that when it comes to like the different elements of movies um like story visuals characters acting uh writing all that stuff i will say that if i were to make like a top five things that i care about when watching a movie number one is visuals uh almost all the time and number two is story uh, and I know that that's uh, generally for a lot of people who, who enjoy movies as like a as like a more than just something that they watch passively, as like they enjoy it as an art form. I know that a lot of those types of people, uh, probably Gus included, um, they would probably have that reversed. You know what I mean? They would probably have story as number one and visuals as number two or visuals probably even further down the list. Uh, story, for the m- most part, I know that for a lot of people is like, The most important thing about a movie, which understandable, like that's the entire point of a movie is to tell a story. But for me, a a movie um, can be a great story, but I am more interested uh, in comparison in how a movie looks and how a movie is presented and like kind of like visual, like just making making my eyes uh, excited, (laughs) or like giving me like a visual treat. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot of older movies just don't uh don't come to up to that standard. They just don't like they just kind of look worse compared to newer movies. and so even if a even if an older movie has like a really great story, most of the time it's not gonna it's not gonna hit all of the 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 check marks for me unfortunately and uh it was it was a weird realization that I came to recently because <laughs> i for the longest time I didn't know why. I I didn't prefer or I, I preferred newer like films to uh to older films, even though uh those movies are great. You know what I mean? I would rather watch a movie that was made in the last 20 years than a movie that was made 50 years ago or whatever, just on principle. But I just never really knew why. And I think that's that's why it's because I'm just more of a visual guy. You know?
0: Yeah, I, I think Gus falls somewhere. I think he changes his perspective on what matters most for him. Which makes it hard to know if he's gonna like a movie. Because like do you've you've heard him talk about like he really enjoyed uh what was the most recent Star Wars movie? Um was it The Last Jedi? The uh Last Skywalker?
1: The The Return of the Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, whatever what it, it was I've, called. I don't know. I just recently title, watched that as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. It, and, it was terrible.
0: <laughs> well see his his reason. Like I, I also thought like I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was decent. Um, I thought there was a lot of weird things with it. But his reason he really liked it was the visuals, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know. Like visuals are important to me, but for like I find myself somewhere in like a middle ground because like I can't watch old movies like super old movies. Like I've never seen um. What's that one that all the film people geek out on? Citizen Kane? Is that what it is? That's um, like a
1: classic like film film student like go to for like, you know, the magnum opus of of film. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like <laughs> I it's not I I really can't watch that. Like I I feel like I've never even in like, seen it.
1: <laughs> Don't plan <I> think, to.
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz like before the 70s, I feel like movies were Like we kind of talked about this when we talked about uncut gems a couple weeks ago, where we were saying that in uncut gems, like people will interrupt each other, um, and it makes the flow of dialogue really natural. And that's like something Mm -hmm. people didn't used to do because, like, movies kind of from birth were stage productions that you filmed. Yeah, yeah. You you can really see that in older movies where it's like there's not a whole lot of sets. Like it's filmed like it's almost like a, a sitcom where there's just one big like awkwardly sized stage house room whatever they're in and people will deliver their lines on that and there's not a whole lot of cuts and as you go on in time you see people get a little bit better and i think in the 70s is where this like a more primitive version but still like more recognizable today uh version of like uh framing shots and like i think modern cinematography was really like coming into a good stride and I think a lot of what we do today is based upon the work they did then yeah Um, yeah. so I find it easier to watch movies from like the 70s and on but there's still a lot where they're like figuring it out Uh, (laughs) a lot of awkwardly (laughs) paced things Um, but like I think the I think the Star Wars movies the original ones are are good like I can still watch those Um, that you definitely know they're old but they don't feel quite as old um, and then, like, anything from, like, I feel like the 90s and on is still, like, good, too. Like, a, a couple years ago, I was going through a lot of the, the older 90s movies, uh, 90s horror movies, mm-hmm. uh, like Scream. Like, I really like Scream. I thought Scream was yeah. a really well-done movie. Uh, that still holds up. Um, Lord of the Rings... <laughs> Those movies are from the early 2000s or so like basically They look like 20- they were
1: made today. It's very strange. Yeah. Um I I think that's another thing is that um it's really very easy for me to 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 spot a movie that was made in like 1995 and before. I feel like there was like a switch that turned on or something where it's just like, oh, all of a sudden we have really nice cameras and really nice sound. <laughs> and like it's it, I can go back and watch like Jurassic Park, right? was made in like 1993 that was like the first that's like the first like that's the bookmark for me where it's like movies now are are getting good (laughs) like jurassic park like kind of uh i don't know you it holds up so well in every movie oh most most like uh movies that i enjoy that were made after that point it's like dude that could have been made 10 years ago and i wouldn't known but it's made like 30 years ago (laughs) like it's crazy um but movies that were made before that it's like super noticeable to me anything that was made in like you know 1990 and before it, it's it's like a whole different thing i think it's probably because there was uh an era where a lot of stuff was being filmed on videotape and videotape does not scale mm-hmm. uh but film stock still to this day i mean uh, a lot of film stock apparently can scale up to like 8k So a lot of those films still look good now. Um, But before that, before they invented like those really high quality film stocks, I think it was just, uh, it it doesn't hold up as well. The visuals at least. There's still a few, like every once in a while, like I'll remember a movie where like, for instance, um, Full Metal Jacket, I think was made in like the middle, the mid eighties. And that movie looks um, decent. The sound quality is not super good. Um, But the movie looks good And it's a great story And I really like the acting In that movie Um, So that's still One of my favorite movies But um, I I can't really think Of anything that was made Before that That I could consider Like one of my favorites Or like one of the best movies That I've seen Yeah, I don't really go too far back.
0: Yeah, I think it really depends. Jurassic Park is a good call cuz like that's a movie where they took a lot of care in filming it. Like they didn't try yeah. to shoehorn bad CGI into it, you know? Like mm-hmm. um like did you see the the high res? Like they they basically just re-released it right before Jurassic World in like 2013 uh where they remastered it and got it into like 4K or whatever. Did yeah, yeah. I have cut? it on D-
1: I have it on um on DVD,
0: yeah, and it still looks great because it's yeah. like all the dinosaurs are aren't c g i like the t rex like they built the giant T-rex head, and it like it holds up on camera like getting a, of getting the film scaled up because it like actually just looked that good in real yeah. life. It's um, crazy
1: <laughs> and there were a few shots, like that iconic uh like first scene where the T-rex is breaking out in the rain in the dark. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of it, a lot of it is is uh, real. uh, It's the real animatronic, but they do so many clever like camera moves where it'll be an animatronic one in one part of the shot, and then it'll go out of frame for a second, and then it'll be CGI, and it's like it's super hard to tell which is which at that point. Like they just did a really good job of blending the two. I think Mm. it was probably. Um, At the time, and it probably still is used to this day, the technique of like having a reference for what it's supposed to look like in that environment, in that set environment, it makes it so much easier for computer animators to recreate it in a computer when they know what it's supposed to look like in that exact environment. Because, I mean, if you just kind of film an empty plate with nothing and then you're like, all right, put put the thing in the thing and make it look like it's it belongs in that environment a lot of the time they have to guess on the lighting they have to guess on everything they basically just have to recreate the lighting from what they imagine it would look like and then it ends up looking bad because it's all done on guesswork but since they actually built the real T-rex on set and they have all this footage of what it looks like like in the actual environment the computer animators probably were like, "Oh, okay, then I know exactly the reference that I, that I'm supposed to make it look like." Uh, so they they were able to like kind of use that as a as a jumping off point, which probably made it way easier. And it really shows. That's a that's like a perfect yeah, it's a perfect example of like uh, th- the technique uh, being really instrumental in like a movie holding up uh, 30 years later, which is insane to me. <laughs> it's really cool. You don't really see. Yeah that you don't really see an example of that in movies that were made uh like in the 60s and 70s holding up into the 90s, right?
0: Oh yeah, like I I mean, well, I don't know. I Well, I don't know. Around. I wasn't Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, like I you would have to ask somebody who was around back then, but I mean, I wouldn't imagine that I don't know, a movie like uh 2001 Space Odyssey uh you could show to somebody in the 90s and they'd be like, "Oh, that looks like that looks real." <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded, but I'll go back and watch that movie, and it's like very clear that all of it is like miniatures and and CGI and stuff, or at least like mm-hmm. you know special effects for the most part.
0: Two thousand one. I that was enjoyable. I had a good time watching that one.
1: He <laughs> had a good time. It's like one of the slowest movies good... of all time.
0: Yeah, I don't like. I had to watch it. Um, I mean, we went to the same high school. Did you, did you hear about the, uh, the sci-fi-based English class
1: Yeah, yeah. they offered? Did yeah. you take that one? No, but I, 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 I know a lot of my friends took it, and I heard a lot of stuff from those people about the class. It sounded interesting. Okay. I just never took it.
0: Yeah, it was actually really interesting. I, I'm glad I did. Um, but as part of it, it was weird. We had to watch 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, And I don't know, it was probably the best uh, school movie I ever had to see.
1: (laughs) You know, what's funny is that I can imagine that being a good movie to watch in a school environment, because uh, when you're in school, there isn't a whole lot else to do. (laughs) But uh, when I watched it, it was it was on my own time. And it's like a two it's like a two hour movie. And and basically nothing happens until the last like 30 minutes of the movie. And even then, it's basically just an acid trip. So, I mean, I don't know yeah it's it's interesting i think actually i'll take that back the first like 20 minutes the movie is pretty it's pretty awesome because it's super like the sound the musical score is super unsettling and um i don't know i didn't i I remember it's 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 hard because i remember really liking that movie the first time i saw it but on rewatches i was like man this movie drags and it's a great movie to watch for the first time I think because uh especially if you don't really know much going in um I, other than that's slow. <laughs> uh because I remember that the the first uh like 20 minutes where it's it, it's about like the the tribe of of um like neanderthal monkeys or whatever encountering that mm-hmm. monolith. Yeah. Uh that that's like that's like a really memorable opening to a movie. And then, like, it transitions from them learning how to use tools or learning how to use weapons into just, like, hard cut to, like, the future. (laughs) It's so cool. It's a great, it's a great opening to a movie, but the rest of the movie is so boring <laughs> Yeah, and then the end of the movie is so weird and confusing and like totally just a, a mind fuck.
0: Yeah. I guess it, when you put it that way. it definitely is the, uh, the best movie to watch in a school setting. Maybe that's why I did enjoy it. We actually, we watched that right after we watched the original Westworld, um, which I don't know if you original
1: knew was... we- wait, are you saying that Westworld is a remake?
0: Westworld is, it's it's not even a re, it's more like a reimagining of that general idea. Um, oh,
1: okay, all right. Yeah, so like a, a robot, a, a robot, uh, like or or at least like a theme park where there are robots that you can go and interact with.
0: Yeah, that's set in the in the Wild West. You know. Yeah. Um. It was some like, yeah. Westworld started off as a, it, it was a, like I think it was 1973. It was a tv movie um oh. just with that idea it was just a, like a real novel idea um yeah the, the movie wasn't super great uh <laughs> even from like you know like i watched it what 2011 um it didn't hold up then i doubt it holds up even better 40 years later um yeah <laughs> that's but it's funny but yeah that's what's kind of cool about like some of these sci-fi movies it's like like when you get like a like they're remaking dune um, I'm
1: excited about that. I love that director. That's making that that movie. So,
0: yeah, and like because like the original Doom movie wasn't very good. Um, at least I, I never didn't seen enjoy it. <laughs> it. It's dated. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those. I don't know if it was made in the 70s. It might have been the 80s or something. But it doesn't hold up. Or at least it didn't when I watched it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what's cool. Is like if there's like a good idea, like. I feel like it's right for like a modern remake like Westworld, at least season one of the HBO show is so much better than that TV movie. And then like yeah. Dune, I imagine is just going to be like, I'm hoping it's going to be a lot better um, and maybe capture a lot more of the, the essence of what that original Dune novel was. Um, yeah.
1: That'll be interesting. Cause uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, it's on my top 20 now is the Blade Runner 2049. I fucking love that movie. That movie's awesome. And I had watched that movie, uh, before I had seen the original Blade Runner. Uh, and this is probably, uh, ties into the whole nostalgia thing. And I don't really have any sort of, uh, I don't know, perspective of like the time period movies were made in. It's like, I'm watching it now, so I'm going to enjoy it against my own, like, relevancy or whatever. And, uh, I had seen Blade Runner 2049. And I loved it. I'd seen it a few times. And somebody was like, oh, you should watch the original Blade Runner. And I was like, oh, okay, sounds good. And it was on Netflix, so I watched it. And, man, it's so – it's I, I just don't like it. It's not good. I just don't I, – oh. I really just <laughs> didn't enjoy it at all. And I know that's, like, sacrilegious for a lot of people because Blade Runner is, like, to a lot of people, is one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. But it's like I had already seen what I view as, like, a huge improvement. Like, it just, like, it takes everything that Blade Runner, at least what the original Blade Runner, from where I could tell, was trying to be, and it just, like, did it better. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and and I went back and watched it, and I felt like I was just kind of watching, like, somebody uh, making a worse version of something that I already, like, greatly enjoyed. And um, I don't know. It's very strange. I, and uh, I don't know. So much about that movie is so strange to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, Wait, are you saying the original Blade Runner doesn't hold up, or Twenty Forty Nine doesn't hold up, or
1: tw- either? What? No, no. I I really liked Twenty Forty Nine. I, I think that movie. Oh, okay. I mean, that movie came out like what, two thousand fourteen or something?
0: Well, I've <laughs> never seen any of them. I do because I was curious. Oh, okay. I've heard good things. No, um,
1: I think Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner with with um uh Harrison Ford uh, I think that that one came out in, like the eighties um. And I watched it on Netflix. It was like the, it's, I think it's the director's cut that I watched. But yeah, the whole time I was just um, I, I was so bored. I was, I was like, man, I, I've seen I think it was just like I, at that point I had just seen people, maybe who were inspired by Blade Runner um, later on, improving upon it, in my opinion, and and it was like me going back and watching the I don't the, the test. the the test version of like stuff that i had already enjoyed if that makes sense i don't know it was it was very weird experience because i went into it knowing that i was about to watch something that people uh are are, they go crazy over they're like oh man blade runner is the best sci-fi movie and there's no never going to be another one like it but it's i don't know i i like i like the newer versions of people who are clearly inspired by that kind of stuff Like, uh, it's all improvements, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I think movies, I could find myself being easier to watch something I enjoyed before than, than games. Like, I I think I would have a harder time going back and playing an old game because it will feel dated and, like, the, the nostalgia of it would wear off. But I can imagine, like, and I imagine that's how a lot of people feel when you go back and watch like, let's say you were a kid when the original Star Wars come out, uh, mm-hmm. came out and you go and watch them and it's like, it's just comforting, you know, it looks, and because then, you know, people make a big stink about, uh, uh, you know, like George Lucas went and updated the visuals for that movie um, <laughs> and everybody got mad, uh, granted, because a lot of it looked like shit, but uh, also because it ruined their their idea of, of what it was. Um, yeah i don't know i i think it could be comforting maybe that's what a lot of people do but like we were saying earlier i'm kind of on the same camp where it's like 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 one of our earlier super early pod combos is one of my favorite movies of all time it's paranormal activity three and yeah yeah (laughs) i won't watch it again because i know it won't hold up yeah (laughs) and i know it will be ruined um and it's like, I just don't want to, I don't want to do that to myself. I, I, yeah.
1: I, I feel you. I, I feel you. I,
0: I got to keep it pure <laughs> in my heart.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. It, it, it gets to a point where you just don't want to ruin the nice memories you have about stuff. Um, Cause it does kind of change. It It, it makes you think it's just like, man, I, I just had a, I had a bad, I had bad taste back then. I mean, like a great example for me. I mean, you brought up star Wars, uh, when I was growing up, uh, like, I don't know, 12, 13 years old, i freaking loved the prequels i loved phantom menace <laughs> i loved uh clone wars and i loved or attack of the clones i mean and i loved uh, uh revenge of the sith revenge of the sith i watched all the time growing up i watched i watched it all the time i loved it the lightsaber duels were so freaking epic uh but i i mean now i i can't watch any of those movies without laughing like it's just so they're 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 an embarrassment they're they're like some of the worst movies of all time they really are and i it's like embarrassing to think back on a time where like, I would, pre- if you asked me back then, I was like, what's one, of like name five of your favorite movies, like, like Revenge of the Sith would have been in that list. <laughs> like, it, it it's so, uh it's so, uh, I don't know, humbling to, to reevaluate your, your movie tastes and, and uh, I don't know, think back on a time when, <laughs> when you, you actually like, I don't know, liked the those kinds of things it's very strange it's just, yeah like, it feels like you're not even the same person well,
0: those movies are a good example because i kind of it was this weird like years later thought i had uh in like high school like because as a kid i also fucking i loved phantom menace battle droids you know Droidicus, the Nabu <laughs> Starfighter—like the imagery was so good. Yeah, um, and I, the star, and I,
1: the the lightsaber. Like the, I think it was in uh, Attack of the Clones at the very end in the arena when all the lights or when all the Jedi come out and they all have lightsabers, and then there's yes. a huge battle with like a million lightsabers. Like, dude, that was like. I, as a kid, I was just like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, and I, <laughs> now, will, I will. You can't I, watch I will, it now without laughing. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? What is this?
0: <laughs> See, like, before before I go on and shit on the, the prequel trilogy, I will right. maintain, I think the prequel trilogy was a net positive because of the mass <laughs> lore expansion that Star Wars got. They added so much yeah, stuff yeah. into the universe that I think really defines what modern Star Wars is, you know? Like, sure,
1: sure, yeah. Because it's a very sure.
0: small scope in the original. Um, there's a lot more, and I think that's thanks to it. But that's about all you can thank the original trilogy for. Um,
1: well, the memes, because I do get a, a big kick out of the, the prequel, prequel memes, because I'm i yeah, so familiar yeah, with the, the prequels memes. at this point that I understand all of the references. I, I love democracy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> what I wanted to say uh, about those movies is I had this... As a kid, I kind of knew they were bad, but I didn't quite digest that they were bad. Because, um, uh-huh. like, as a kid, I, I I saw them and I I would think to myself, like, wow, the dialogue in this movie—it's just like I thought Star Wars was timeless and classic. And like, reflecting back <laughs> on it, like, I would uh, people would say, like, oh, the prequels are bad, and like, but like, Star Wars is like, this is a timeless movie. Like, this is this is what this looks like, and this is from eight nine year old. Matt perspective. Um, and then when in high school, I went back and watched them. I realized like, Oh, that wasn't me identifying that this dialogue. I mean, let me rephrase that this dialogue is not like other movies. Cause this dialogue is just bad. <laughs> That's what I was seeing. I was like, this dialogue uh-huh. is unique in how shitty it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just like how it's phrased and how it's delivered. Like it had this own vibe to it. Cause it, the vibe
1: was garbage,
0: <laughs> you know, and like, you, you don't mm-hmm. see it. I didn't see a whole lot of that. So. I
1: mean, I may, <laughs> you were more perceptive than I was. Cause even when I was like 12 years old, I would watch, I would watch those movies and, and, I think I think uh, when I watched Revenge of the Sith uh, what happened was I I liked every other aspect of the movie so much including the dialogue. I thought the dialogue was like funny or whatever, whatever they were trying to be. And then but there's this one scene, it's probably one of the, still one of the worst scenes in the movie, but it he, he was so bad that it even it even stuck out to my like stupid <laughs> brain back then. It's the scene where <laughs> Anakin and uh, and Padme are on like a balcony at night and he's saying stuff like, uh, he's stuff like, I am so in love. And she's like, Oh, so love has blinded you. And he's like, no, it's cause I'm so in love with you. And like, it, it, like it goes round and round, and it's like really weird. And and, like, it's, it, it, it seemed like someone wrote a first draft of a scene and then no one corrected them. And, uh, and they kept it in the movie, but it's so pointless. It's basically just the two characters sitting there and be like, I'm in love with you. No, no, I'm in love with you though. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like the it's it's terrible dialogue. And even back then, maybe because I was like a kid and I was just like, Ew, I don't wanna hear like I wanna hear about love. I wanna hear I wanna see some more lightsaber fights. It yeah, stuck out to head me off, so Anakin. much. <laughs> yeah, cut a job like do a backflip and cut her head off. That would be so cool. But uh, I, yeah, even back then, that was like the that was always the scene that I always fast forwarded through because I couldn't stand it. Even back then, I was just like, this is terrible. I don't know why they kept this in the movie. It's it's like, yeah, we know that they're in love. Come on, they, I mean, he wants to marry her, or he is married to her. Uh, it's yeah, it was it was so weird. I I always just kind of watched those movies for the fight scenes. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like no, every yeah. other kid, you know? Yeah.
0: And what I, what I was saying is I, I didn't realize it as a kid. I realized it was different as a kid, but I thought mm-hmm. it was like good, different. Sure. It was yeah. In high yeah. school. You I knew was something oh, was, was off bad. though. That's yeah. what I'm
1: giving you credit for. Is <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that like you knew something was off to me. I was just like, Oh no, it's badass when Anakin says, uh, says, uh, uh, what I does he like say? Sand. Or uh, no, it's bad. <laughs> like when he's fighting Obi-Wan, he's like looking at him, he's just like, he's like, ah. Uh, he's like you're either with me or you're my enemy (laughs) like those lines and stuff like to me back then it was just like that's so badass it's true he's either with him or he's his enemy yeah that (laughs) makes so much sense to me (laughs) Uh, they're about to fight i i love the the anime fight dialogue you know it's so cool you know but (laughs) now looking back it's like a it's like a joke like those are those would be great movies to watch like with friends nowadays you know what i mean like uh like it would be, it's it on like on the same level as going to see a screening of the room, you know. You don't even really watch the movie; you just sit there and yell like at the movie and laugh at it, you know. <laughs> like, uh I can't. I, I would love to do something like that someday. That sounds like a lot of fun. I, I'm sure a lot of people have probably done it <laughs> with the prequels. Well,
0: I imagine it's developed more. Star Wars has a really has a lot of people that have made like alternate viewing methods, um, <laughs> what? which I thought was pretty. In- yeah, like uh, when I. When I was re-watching them in high school, I was watching with one of my friends, and she was like, oh, we should watch them in the machete order. And I was like, what, <laughs> the, the machete order? She's like, yeah, so you ignore one, <laughs> and you watch two, three, four, five, six. Or no, 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 no. It was you ignore one, one didn't happen, and you watch two and three to get the story of Anakin. Then you watch uh, <laughs> four and five, because it's the story of... No, no, no. We- sorry backwards backwards you watch four and five you get the story of luke skywalker then you watch two and three to get the story of anakin and then the final chapter is six because then it's both of those main characters coming together because six is kind of about both of them and it's actually kind of like a smart way to view it but i guess it's just it's just like one of those weird like 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 it's like it's just such a weird way like to want to rewatch something like you're rewatching something so much that you're like you know what this would flow really well if we put 4 <laughs> here and 6 here you know yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's just funny um <laughs> But I imagine that it's even there's even crazier ways now because now you got the Clone Wars, you got Mandalorian, you
1: got the yeah. There's so many. There's just so many freaking Star Wars things now. It's nuts. You know, um, a lot of the spinoffs and stuff. uh, Well, I mean the the major spinoff that came out was like Rogue One, and then uh, the uh, Han Solo thing. I actually really liked the Han Solo movie. I I know it like bombed or whatever. But I watched it on Netflix and I I was like this is pretty good and I think it was because it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie really it just felt like a space adventure movie and I liked yeah. that that about it. Same with Mandalorian didn't feel like a Star Wars like thing at all. It just felt like a space adventure. You know I like I hope they do more of that stuff. Even though uh, the Han Solo movie tanked, it's kind of sad that like that movie didn't do well enough because because uh, that was like one of the only Star Wars things that I've liked in the past few years.
0: yeah I think because I I, same boat as you didn't go see it in theaters but I watched it on Netflix and I was like yeah it was pretty good Um, yeah (laughs) but I think when the re see Mandalorian was really well received so I think we're gonna get more stuff like that but I imagine that Han Solo or what was it just Solo didn't do as well because you're making a movie about an iconic character that isn't the actor that people remember him as and it's putting him in a different it's like a different tone than the original movies like that just yeah. kind of seems like like I, I i don't think they'll have an issue with that with um whatever the next project it's supposed to be like a an obi-wan movie right Hmm. I, I don't think they'll have that issue with that one i i think they'll be able to do whatever tone they want um just because like i mean obi-wan's iconic but he's not like harrison ford han solo iconic yeah you know? yeah
1: and uh, that actor, Ewan McGregor is a great actor, so I know he'll do well with it. Um, but yeah, you're right. It could be that it wasn't Harrison Ford. And, and also, I don't know. Uh, I think that the only people that re- that really go and see Star Wars movies these days are people that just like don't care either way. Like there are people who probably saw Solo and they were like, yeah, pretty good, but they don't, they're not like big Star Wars fan. They just go and see whatever the the big movie is. And then there are the, the people who go and see those movies who are hardcore fans who are uh-huh. only going to see the movie for the star Wars stuff that they know or whatever, this is the same people that like rogue one, because they just shoved as many like familiar things into the movie as possible. And just was like, Oh, it's just a, a spot to reference the movie. It's not even a story. It's just spot the reference the movie. All the characters die at the end and you know what's going to happen. And and it's pointless. like, where they end up because it's like, okay, why would you make a uh, Rogue One makes no sense to me because why would you make a movie about uh, some, some small, uh, like inconsequential thing that, that was just, uh, I don't know, a small plot point in, 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 in the movie that came after it. It's like how did how did they get the plans, uh, for the Death Star? Oh, I, I don't know. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Why would you make an entire movie about that, <laughs> where the characters are not interesting and they all die at the end? And uh, yeah, no, and it's just like I said, it's just spot the reference. To the movie it's just making it so that people can be like, oh, more more lights, more uh, more Star Wars stuff. Yay! I like Star Wars. Yay!
0: <laughs> I agree with you. Where I didn't enjoy Rogue One a whole lot. Like I felt like it had the halo reach problem where it had all these people that you don't know, but you're supposed to care about and they die and there's no impact. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> that's a but, good comparison actually.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I just viewed them as the same thing. It's like, I don't care about any of this and it's just, it, it feels so rushed, you know, like yeah, yeah. Th- there's not a lot of good character building cause they're trying to get all this, the shit in. Um, but th- it was a good idea because that, that's kind of what you said you were wanting, right? Like it's not star Wars but like it's like a, another thing in the Star Wars universe. I guess it's sure, a little but closer I, 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 to the main plot. I
1: don't like how it was like directly connected to yeah. something that's already happened. You know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 And it was something so tiny. It was almost like they were like, what should we make a movie about? Well, there was this thing that happened at the beginning of New Hope where they got the plans for the Death Star. So we could make a movie about that. It's like, well, why don't you make a movie about how Anakin got his speeder? or whatever like just pick any like 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 stupid moment in any movie and make a movie about it like uh, let's not do don't do that just come up with a different story that happens like separate to what happened in all of those other movies and that's where it gets interesting and that's also kind of why I liked Solo is because you don't really hear the only thing that you really hear the only thing that was like guilty of that like oh remember this is like when he did the Kessel Run thing which is like a one-off thing that he said he mentioned in a movie sometime I don't even remember when he said it but he was like oh this is the ship that made a Kessel Run and then that was like uh I think it was the climax of the movie or something that he did the the quote-unquote Kessel Run or whatever which Mm -hmm. is like whatever but no one really it, it wasn't it wasn't like the plot of the movie it was just something that happened and the rest of it was totally something that you never hear about in any other movie it was like a whole different story So it's, it's interesting to see those things, but, um, I don't know why they would, it's, it's so silly that they're just like, in order to get people into the seats, we have to make sure that people know what's going to happen. It's like, that's not why I go and watch a movie so I can know what's going to (laughs) happen. I want to see a new thing and uh star wars is never a new thing it seems that it's it's very difficult for them to get into a position where they're making a new thing with star wars it's always the same thing same thing over and over again
0: yeah i mean i think they realize that that's not panning out because like i don't think it's gonna happen but you've heard the rumors about um how their disney is thinking about canceling that 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 <laughs> sequel trilogy from canon right like they're just gonna undo button
1: it i mean i could see why I think they're starting to realize that there's not really a whole lot of places to go with Star Wars. It's like, what what do you 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 have? You you have Jedi, you have Sith. What else do you have? I mean, there's not really much else to do.
0: Well, going directly forward is dumb. Like, uh, that was a dumb decision. It's like, what you do is you go out or you go very far forward or backwards. Like, you go to Knights of the Old Republic era or you Mm -hmm. go into... The future future of Star Wars, which I don't know what that looks like because it's already sci-fi so did, like
1: so disconnected from what we already know that it's it might as well yeah. just be a different story, like a different uh like it's almost like that never even happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe with small references here and there because it's history. But yeah, I agree. I think that they should just try and make entirely separate stories disconnected from what we already know because we've just seen so much of it. There are nine goddamn episodes in that one story. Like We don't need to see any more of that. Darth Vader is like in every... It's Darth Vader is a part of nine movies. We, we're done with Darth Vader. Shut up about Darth Vader. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs>
0: so, uh, wait. So, you said you liked The Mandalorian, right?
1: I did, because it's completely disconnected from everything else. It's a, It's like nobody even... Like, the only thing that slightly references that Yoda is it same species as the the little baby. baby Yoda. yeah and and the mandalorian is the same race or at least is has the same armor as as jango and boba fett which i think someone said i think i've uh, heard somewhere that uh boba fett isn't even a mandalorian he's just a bounty hunter wearing mandalorian armor yeah so it's like it's just completely disconnected entirely from from everything else that we know about that race and and Yoda, the little baby Yoda thing is the only other reference that people know. But other than that, very few uh like Star Warsy things. Really, it's just kind of like an episodic uh space adventure show, which is cool. I liked I liked most of the episodes. There were a few episodes okay, that were just kind of that, like that's, lame. That's but... what I was
0: gonna ask. <laughs> I was like, did you like all of it?
1: No, was... no. There were some <laughs> like. like... The one where uh it was like a Seven Samurai reference where he just like trained all of those people in the in the in the village to fight the the ATST or the Adat Walker or whatever the heck that thing was. That was stupid. Mm-hmm. That whole episode was pointless. <laughs> well see that,
0: that that's what I wanted to talk about. Like I,
1: I... <laughs> There were, good, there were a few other ones where uh, it was just like, okay, could have done without that episode next. Yeah, that's uh, like the
0: whole show, man. The whole sh- it's the, the So Mandalorian <laughs> is like two, the first two episodes, great. Good, great trajectory, like setting up this great I- idea like, oh, like uh, mm-hmm. this Mandalorian guy uh, is kind of going rogue a tiny bit and he has to care for this little baby Yoda. It, it's like interesting. Yeah. A lot of things we don't know. I'm excited to see where this goes. And then it turns into like, and like the first two episodes lead into each other. Like it's it's like a serial, continuous thing. Yeah, yeah. And then mid season, it goes into like week by week. Oh, this is the adventure of the week. Oh, we're gonna train the people in the forest. Oh, we're gonna do a bank heist. Oh, look looky here, like oh, you know we said we had to get this baby Yoda somewhere quick, right? Uh no, we're taking our time for four episodes because we didn't think this part through. And then they get to the last two and they're like the first two where it's like they lead into each other. They build off each other. There's like a lot of things that... It, it, like it feels like you can essentially cut out all of the middle of that show besides maybe where they introduce the bounty hunter girl um, uh-huh. and get rid of all the other episodes and then put the first two and last two together.
1: And then I guess you're that- right from a narrative point of view, but what I think what I what I liked about the format of of Mandalorian is that it it for the most part you can watch episodes individually without seeing anything before or after it and generally like the episode and I, you don't really see a whole lot of that anymore. you see so much I mean like so much of Netflix and so much of like those uh, like internet produced shows they're basically just like uh eight hour long movies at this point, you know what I mean Uh, they're not even really TV shows anymore to me. Like, like a good example would be like stranger things or something like, like when you watch a season of stranger things, it's like, you kind of have to watch it all at once, or at least over the course of a few days, like in a row, because it's all so connected to each other. It's like every episode is just a new development in the overarching plot of the entire season. And the entire season is just a huge movie at that point. And uh, I don't know I feel like TV shows have kind of lost that uh, episodic feel to it and I liked how Mandalorian kind of made a return to form in that way where it's just like oh this is just an episode to episode thing like Spongebob never had uh, an overarching plot. It was just like here's what SpongeBob's doing today, and you yeah, know these it, characters, SpongeBob and you like these wasn't characters. A drama. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, no, I, I, it's not a really a great comparison. But what I'm saying is that a lot of TV shows don't—they just don't have an episodic feel to them anymore. And that show kind of brought it back, and it was—it was nice to see. Um, and I think maybe you—you you probably just enjoy the the long movie shows. Well, <laughs> which is I, fine. See, I like those too. But it was just kind of interesting how. Uh, uh, I don't know. They felt like they, it was very clear to me that, that Jon Favreau, who is, I, I really like a lot of the stuff that he's made, except for the fucking stupid Lion King remake remake. But it was, um, it was, it, it's cool that they let him do it. Cause I think that he had a vision and he was just like, let's make this a serialized thing. Let's make this like, you know, an eighties TV show where it's just like today, the power Rangers are doing this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. They have to beat the big bad guy at the end of the season. But I mean, overall it's, it, you know, they have a little adventure here and there, and the adventure is fun and cool. I mean, I didn't like the the training people in the woods episode because I thought that the the characters were dumb and, and I thought it was stupid how there was just like, oh, I should leave the child here. It's like, dude, you can't leave the child. Like they know where the like from the very moment he he made that suggestion, I was just like, dude, you can't leave him here. They know where the, they know where it is. They will come and kill him. Like, oh, won't no, be safe. he won't be safe dude. here. It doesn't make any sense,
0: dude. The thing that I that episode. <laughs> like, uh, good. See, it's not the it's not the serialized nature. I'm fine with that. Uh, like I do like throughput. Uh, in shows, like I I do like the like Stranger Things and whatnot. But I would be okay with the serialized serialized format. But it felt like nothing had stakes, and then like that episode committed a cardinal sin that I absolutely can't stand in movies. Is where they they posed a dramatic point that you knew was total bullshit the moment they did it. Like when um the 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 milfy lady that he's eyeing the whole time in the city is like, you should stay here and live a normal life and raise the kid, and he's like half considering it. And it's like we know that that's not gonna fucking happen. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Like
1: like if you settle down in the fourth episode of the show, yep, totally.
0: Yeah, it's like that's just obviously not gonna happen it's like i I hate when shows do that it's like nobody no nobody thinks that you're you're telling the truth (laughs) it would make sense it
1: would make sense for them to propose that that plot point like four or five seasons in when people are like oh maybe this is the end of his uh adventure has gone he's gone through a lot already you know what i mean like this could be this could be where he settles down we at least have some like realism to it yeah i know what you mean I don't know. I'd have to, I only saw it once uh, cause I just kind of got a free trial for Disney plus and then watched mm-hmm. it all in like two days and then canceled it. But I, uh, I, I, sh- I should go back and rewatch them because uh, it would be, d- it would be interesting on a rewatch. Uh, but for uh, like one of my favorite, like serialized uh, episodes was the one where they just had to break that guy out of prison. Cause it was just like, it was so simple and like they had all these kooky characters and, I like Bill Burr and I like um yeah, yeah, like, like Clancy Brown was hilarious and that he's like a fucking demon. <laughs> like it's so it's like a it's such a cheesy, weird, like cool concept, cool simple concept for a show. It kind of reminded me of like Star Trek a little bit. Because like Star Trek always had these episodes I only saw like a few seasons of that show with like my aunt way back when I was like nine. But so many of those episodes are so like Straightforward and simple. The sets are always just like there's like two or three sets the entire episode, and it's always like indoors, and like mm-hmm. the whole episode is just talking, and like On maybe Space somebody Station. will like punch someone at the end. Like it's it, like it's so simple, and it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, where um like the entire reason that the episode is is simple is because of budget constraints, because they got to make so many episodes of a show.
0: Well, and because all the budget went to the the first and last two episodes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. They had to save it for the big finales, and then the rest is kind of like, oh, this episode, we're in a cave, and on this episode, we're in a, a big field and the entire yeah. time.
0: You know, <laughs> thinking back, I think I really only didn't like two episodes of that show, but they were so bad that it made me... That, like, it <laughs> yeah, discomb- yeah. Because, like, I like the show. Like, I'll watch season two. I'm excited for season two, but it was like those two episodes, specifically the one with the cardinal sin of, no, he's not going to stay in the forest, duh, and the other one that I just, it was just bad was where he was like, he had to hire that bounty hunter to go after the other bounty hunter. And it's oh, like- Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't like, know. That's that
1: had, had some twists and turns. I was I was genuinely surprised when he shot the, the lady- uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I no, was, I was. I like, wasn't.
0: I, I, I just, I saw everything coming from like a mile away. Oh, really? I was like, no. yeah, I was like, like, oh, yeah. Oh, m- he like fucking tried to backstab you. Big fucking shock. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I just those two, I just really didn't enjoy. But rest of it, you know, pretty good. Um, yeah. And I think it's a good format because, like, I think kind of what they are trying to strike um was uh did you ever watch fringe no okay uh fringe was um one of the shows that uh jj abrams went and made after um lost Uh and it was kind of like it was like x files meets uh, i don't know like it's kind of just like it was like a early uh, or like a 2010s reimagining or mid like whatever it came out, a uh, reimagining of like X-Files in a way where there's like oh. a monster of the week. And there's like a lot of paranormal stuff. And has that JJ Abrams of like, look at all these questions, you don't get any of the answers. Um,
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: But they, they really, they did kind of like what Mandalorian does, where there'd be a couple episodes where there'd be like really thick story threads. And then it'd be like monster of the week, monster of the week, monster yeah. of the week. Oh, look story. And it was like, but then it would like, I think that was like the best thing they kind of did. And, and like, I think a good hybrid show where it's serialized and then also standalone is like when you bring characters back. Like, I think Mandalorian's final episodes were so good because they brought back the good characters from all those standalone episodes, like the robot and, um, that, that, the bounty hunter girl, like getting mm-hmm. everybody together for that, like, final mission in a way like I I think it's good because it just gives you callbacks and like kind of like continuity throughout the the whole season
1: yeah it was yeah it was pretty neat how they uh it all kind of accumulated in one spot at the end and um I mean like they they had some pretty like cool cliffhangers I mean like we still don't really know what the fuck is up with the baby yoda thing yeah uh and uh the we we were introduced to like the main villain like at the very end which is like uh gus fring with a freaking dark with the black lightsaber so uh that'll be interesting to find out more about so yeah
0: dude how come that guy is just like he's the villain in everything right now
1: (laughs) it's because he did such a fucking great job as gus fring and breaking bad that he just he's like typecast for the rest of his life
0: this is like 10 years later <laughs> Like i know but like i mean
1: like it really just shows how fucking great that character was in breaking bad like he's he's like so good in that show every time i see him i'm like oh man i can't wait to see see what he does like he's 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 awesome
0: yeah but you you saw that he's in the newest far cry right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's like the bad guy in far cry he's the bad guy in mandalorian uh he's yep Bad guy I, I've seen him console. in a bunch of
1: other stuff where he's like, uh, he's like that, where he's like a a mean guy or whatever. He's always he's he's just a good villain character. Yeah,
0: he must have took a break from acting because he seems to be in a lot of stuff now. But he wasn't really after Breaking Bad, so
1: he probably coasted off of those residuals for a while. Then he yeah, got back I mean, into he, it, you know.
0: Dude, he's probably still getting residuals off. it. Oh,
1: yeah. Breaking Bad's great. Yeah, great. I gotta rewatch that That's show great. too. I haven't seen it in in like a few years. I've uh, I've seen the entire series like 3 or 4 times through but I I got to rewatch it every once in a while. Yeah, that so it
0: it holds up so well. Like season yeah. 1, I like I still stand by like season 1 is not super great. Um just mm-hmm. there's they're figuring it out, but like yeah. one of the best scenes in that show is Hank getting the phone call uh that the hitmen are coming after him.
1: Oh man, that was that was great. I dude, that I I saw that my- uh that was, like, oh. one of the first episodes that I saw live um, because I, I, I got into the show kind of late, so I was watching a bunch of, like uh, – I, I got, like, the first few seasons uh, – well, not on DVD, but I got them uh, through through Means – that wouldn't necessarily be deemed legal. But uh, I I watched all of the episodes up until the point where it was still airing. And I think that was like one of the episodes that that I watched when it aired. And uh, that was so crazy. I hate watching Breaking Bad with with commercial breaks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or breaks in between episodes, actually, because it's like they always have such such crazy uh, uh, cliffhangers. I thought that Hank died then. I was just like, oh, Hank's dead. They killed off Hank already? Jeez. Okay. But then he survives, and then there's like a huge arc with him making a recovery, and then he gets killed for real. But (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, watching
0: things with commercials, something I'm not nostalgic about. Exactly. I'm I'm glad we're past that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: When we used to have, we would have Breaking Bad viewing parties in high school, and we would, no phones, everybody off of social media. It's an hour after the show, the episode aired. Now we watch it so we can fast forward on our TiVo. Yes, you know, yeah, that's how old yeah. we are. We had TiVo back then. Mm-hmm. The little weird little stop gap between the transition from TV to full digital.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Dane, I think we have thoroughly cemented ourselves as old men. Um, sure. Yeah. And, Compared and to now, maybe
1: a few of our viewers. I mean... Yeah. Uh, we're not that old, but we're definitely at the point where we can remember things that people don't remember, and I think that that makes you old officially. If you can remember things that other people that you can interact with don't remember them, <laughs> that's the yeah. cutoff.
0: Oh, okay. So before we bef- before we wrap up uh, another old person thing, I don't. Who was I talking? I was talking to somebody today at work about this actually. So like, I'm just gonna pose this question to you. Imagine you're, do you use your hands to talk? Like, do you move your hands and talk sometimes?
1: Um. Yeah, a little bit. If not cr- not make... a crazy amount, but uh, but enough.
0: Yeah, but so if you were to make a hand motion to suggest you're on the phone, what would you do?
1: Uh, Thumb and uh, pinky out. Um, yeah. Put it up to my, uh like, head like I'm on the phone.
0: Yeah. People don't do that anymore. You, really? You know,
1: because you know what kids do now? Oh, What? They just
0: hold their hand up to their head like they're on a smartphone, you know, a flat phone that doesn't flip oh, out. Like,
1: <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense.
0: Isn't that crazy, though? That's just like that blew my mind. I was like,
1: I don't think dude. I've ever seen anyone do that. But I mean, I don't really interact with a whole lot of kids. So there's that. It's, but. Young,
0: it's, it's like the really young generation now where it's like that has never been something in their life that they've had to.
1: The yeah the the flippable phone or at least the phone that's shaped like a like a banana kind of yeah yeah like
0: and I imagine it's not all of them I imagine like it's probably one of those like social things where you pick up um,
1: yeah yeah or you just but, kind of like you're miming what you mean to do I mean like that whole like yeah. pinky with the thumb I mean you're just kind of miming what a phone looked like uh and so I guess if you're only familiar with phones being flat rectangles then you would try and emulate a flat re- flat rectangle and that would, that would be your palm that would be your hand. So it makes sense. Yeah, I just didn't even I didn't even think, think about that. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's we're weird, evolving dude. as a species. We, we, yeah, language <laughs> evolves over time. Whoa.
1: Uh, Who would have thought?
0: Who would have thought? All right. Well, thank you, Dane. Um I just wanna let you know that this has been the Motion Pixel podcast. I am Matthew Rowling's full host, no August Meyer here today. Um I do believe he sends his regards though hey motion pixels august here uh and thank you mr uncle dane camper dane the baddest boy of comedy for joining me and having this wonderful trip down nostalgia lane
1: yes thank you for having me it was a fun fun time fun good conversation Mm -hmm. theme song
0: Finished Nice. That was that was good. Yeah. Dude, it's a gus. Fuck a fuck a gus. Fuck a gus.